Hello everybody, I'm Nathan. And I'm Anita. And welcome to the Homeschool Project Podcast, where we discuss the ups, the downs, and everything in between on this homeschooling journey. Hope you enjoy. Hello and welcome back to the Homeschool Project Podcast. I hope everybody is doing awesome as we are all beginning to start our school years at the end of the summer here. I know that I, I'm still seeing out there in posts and whatnot that some have already started. You always have your ones that do all year round. And then ones like me, where I just started yesterday. But by the time this, this uh, episode goes out, it'll be that this past week, we just started back our school year. And then others are going to wait till throughout the month of August. So we are at that very um, crucial time of planning and stress levels are up a little, especially for those who are brand new to homeschooling. And those of you, um, my, we do really, our hearts go out to you that really we're not planning on homeschooling, but you don't agree with the decision of the district that may have just come out with their plan. And now you're like scrambling last minute and like, how am I going to do this? Where do I go from here? So we've already put a couple other episodes out there to help those parents and for, and even ones that were already planning to homeschool and not just because of COVID, but we had um, a couple of episodes already that are helping in getting you started. And today's episode, we wanted to discuss curriculum. Always a fun one. This is going to be about books, products, resources, and activities that we plan, keyword plan, to use this year. Because we all know that things don't always go according to plan, right? Right. Nathan will not be on today. Uh, however, I did ask my sister who is beginning homeschooling to join me because I figured the more ideas and resources, the better. And we were just discussing how our brains are very different and that's why I think it'll be very helpful to see, you know, what her plans are and her resources are for her school versus mine, because I am more the type A structure and she's more the artsy and go with the flow type structure. So, <laughs> all right. So with further, without further ado, um, Nina has been on previous episodes, but for any new listeners, we're going to do a quick introduction. So Nina, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, first of all, thank you for having me back. Of course. Um, so for all you new listeners, I am Nina, the oldest sister of mm -hmm. Anita, of the four of us girls. Mm -hmm. And I live in Mississippi and I'm also a military spouse and I have a six-year-old son, a five-year-old daughter and a three-year-old daughter. And I am brand new to homeschooling and I have been feeding off of Anita for <laughs> <laughs> figuring out my homeschool plan. And then also you guys have probably heard Emily, our other sister, she's also been helping me with the planning process. Mm -hmm. And um, we technically don't start schools here in Mississippi until like late August, early September. So I'm that one that's in the crunch time of homeschool planning because I am going to be homeschooling my six-year-old son and that was always in the books but now we are also going to be adding my five-year-old daughter so it'll be first grade and kindergarten and then three-year-old she'll probably still go to preschool maybe see how that goes but yeah. at least it won't be such a throw-in at the last minute <laughs> fiasco with just one Here we go. all right <laughs> 
So yeah, you, the good thing about yours being close in age is that I think it'll actually be beneficial in the end. Cause there's, I mean, we combine subjects, but our two still take things a little differently. So, but with yours being so close in age, I feel like they're going to grasp things at very similar levels, which will be helpful for you. All right. So before we dive into our picks, I just wanted to share a few tips on how to get to this point of figuring out your curriculum. Like how do you even get there? If you're a new homeschooler, I felt like this would be beneficial to hear. So you want to start, I'm going to start with these two considerations. And I've said it before in other episodes, and I'm going to keep saying it because I think it's so important. And I wish that somebody had drilled it into my brain when I had first started off, because this is something that I slowly came to learn after I had already begun. And that is number one, why are you homeschooling? This looks very different for everybody. Or is it you know, something you've always wanted to do, or is it, I just need to homeschool this year during COVID, but my plan is to get my child right back into school. And then, and, and then even if you were always planning to homeschool, your why can look very different from your friend's why. So figure out what that why is, because that really is going to guide you in your picks. And then second, what do you want learning or school to look like? Like when you envision this beautiful, beautiful school in your head, (laughs) besides the fairy tale part, but what is it that you see? Do you see this traditional classroom set up or do you see like you love the mayhem and, and the, and the messes everywhere and the learning everywhere? Like, what is it that when you think about your kids learning, how, how does that picture look? And I feel like those two things are very important in guiding you in the resources that you will choose to get to those points. Um, and then let's see. And, and then there's even like, so for example, will it be more the structured and child or the unstructured and child led learning, which is very typical of like unschooling sometimes? Or is it going to be more of the structured or following a particular method? Or will it be a mix of styles? And, and there's that too. Many people, I think, do fall under that last option, which is just a mix of different things, which I have a feeling that's going to be a lot of Nina. <laughs> yes, it is, actually. <laughs> I need the structure, but I also like the freedom to be creative. So that's, that's definitely me. Yeah, and I know that you were probably like thinking of that as you were working through your your pro your process here, like, oh, I'm going to tweak this and that because I don't want this to be so, so structured, but this, I want it to be, you know, more structured. Oh, yes. The next tip is that I like to create an ideas notebook. And this is basically where I have this notebook and throughout the summer and the school year, I jot down books, activities, places to visit, Anything I hear or come across that sounds like interesting, I will write that in my notebook because I will forget by the time like the next planning season comes, I'll forget all these awesome things that I heard throughout the year. And maybe during the school year, even though this idea sounds really awesome, I'm just about overwhelmed where I don't want to throw something else on my plate. And I'm just being realistic and I'm like, okay, this is really cool, but I really don't have enough space left on my plate to add something else to the curriculum. So I put it in my ideas notebook. I will even have like a section in the notebook for the big ideas, which is tip. They typically relate to like the big picture of your homeschool. 
and like the goals that you want to set for your homeschool. So there's like that one page too. Well, it ends up being more than one. Page. <laughs> one the multiple pages. <laughs> yes. The big idea, you know, so that's going to be like the bigger thoughts and goals that you have for your homeschool where everything else in the notebook is like those tiny little things. Like for instance, this one girl on, um, let me see if I want to, I want to shout out to her. So I need to find it's okay. It's mommy is outnumbered on Instagram. And she had this cute idea for what she does at lunchtime. And she basically has, she'll put up almost like a lunch menu on the little kids, like bulletin board, whiteboard. And it's just two options for lunch. So not too many options whether it's like, maybe it's like pizza or peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And she'll put those two options up on the board. And then each kid has a different color popsicle stick with their name on it. And then she has an envelope under each menu. And they basically stick their popsicle stick that has their name into which menu option they want for lunch. And that way she can start preparing at a certain point in her day and there's no arguments and everybody's happy. And I was like, that's genius. That is so cool. I'm totally <laughs> stealing that idea. <laughs> Ideas notebook. <laughs> and they might actually eat their lunch because they, they never want to eat their food. So maybe this way they'll be more motivated to eat. Yes. Because they're like, I got to choose. <laughs> exactly. She said that she has a special needs child and that they're very picky and that this has actually helped that child and they have gotten more excited and more willing to eat what they're served with this little practice that she does. Genius. That is so cool. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I'm creating that. <laughs> Let but, you know how it goes. Those are the things though. Like if you see it, and you're just like, oh, that's awesome. But you don't write it down anywhere. You're going to forget it, you know? So jot it down. And even if you aren't going to implement it right then and there, you have it in your notebook that you'll go to. And this is, I like to think of the notebook as like a rough draft and almost like sometimes like your brain dump, right? Like all your yeah. ideas, you're like brain dumping it into your notebook, like a journal. And eventually my final draft will be my will be what's going into my planner for the school year. But even if I didn't use it for that school year, I'll always have it there for the next school year to come. So I like that. Yes. All right. And then involve your kids in curriculum and learning activities when you're planning, whenever possible. I understand like the small ones may not always want their opinion, but <laughs> As they get older, try to involve them in that. So like at the end of our school year, I had the kids tell me, okay, what did you like about this year? What did you not like about this year? And I actually wrote it down. And then that way it helped me in planning over the summer for the following year. And even on our first day of school uh, yesterday, I took out a roll of like that, I guess it's drawing paper, but it comes in a big roll, you know? And so I unrolled right. it across our school table and I had them write down all their, like, basically their goals for the school year. What are things that they want to work on? What are things that they want to get better at? What are things that they want to learn about? And they put it on this piece of paper. And then again, I will try to implement what I can throughout the school year with their thoughts. And again, it gets them excited if they feel like they were a part of that planning. That's really cool. I'm going to probably have to throw that in there too. Yeah, you should. <laughs> and, and even for our first grader who is still, I mean, he is writing, I have air quotes here, but yeah. he's still, you know, when they want to put down ideas, they're not excited to write that young. 
they're going to get frustrated. So I said he could draw pictures of his ideas, goals, whatever. So for your age group, you could have them draw pictures and they can explain to you what they were wanting. (laughs) I I foresee a lot of dinosaurs and princesses on my paper. (laughs) Um, Santo had, uh, what was his? Oh yes. He had tons of cavemen drawn on the paper because he (laughs) wants to learn about cavemen which is a legit like learning point you know but it was so funny like that's all his was where mia had wonderful ideas you can tell the difference in the age right (laughs) well she's nine yes exactly (laughs) she had legit goals she had you know sentences and pictures and it was it was awesome she did great so yeah you'll see (laughs) i love it (laughs) but the point is again they feel like a part of it and they get excited for the school year then and that's what i have for that for our tips so i think now is a good time um that we are gonna just dive in so where do we want to start you know let's see i guess i'll start with if you have like a spine to your curriculum so what I mean is like the spine to our curriculum is Charlotte Mason, and we are using a, a curriculum called Matter Amiblis, which is Charlotte Mason based. And it has, um, but the difference with that one with um, as far as from other ones is that it's Catholic based as well. So that is like the spine to our curriculum. But as we discuss subject by subject, you'll see that I don't follow everything that they say. It's just really nice for me because first of all, Nathan and I really did love um, the philosophy behind Charlotte Mason. So we kind of followed that structure very, very lightly. I wouldn't say we follow it to the core. And then also that this particular one that we're following provides a free outline and it has like all of the links to all the books that they recommend in the outline for the year. So it takes out a lot of work from my end and it's already like organized. And then I literally just have to go into their charts and edit and take out the things that I'm not using and add in what I am using. So that is like the spine to our curriculum. I don't know if you have anything like that. I know you're, if you want to explain kind of like where you're going with yours. Um, well, I'm also using the Charlotte Mason method okay. um, and the matter amoebless because mm-hmm. you had introduced it to me. And after going over it and reading it, um, my husband and I had agreed that you know, this should be the best way to go. And of course, when I started to plan out my schedule and looking over all of it, I was like, I don't know what to do here because I have no teacher background. I'm just, this is not my thing. I'm a culinary student. I'm an artist. Like that's, (laughs) I was like, I can, I'll be able to focus once it's scheduled for me and structured, but I didn't know how to break it down to the daily Mm -hmm. as far as like how, what I was going to be doing. So I, lovely Emily, her sister, (laughs) she helped me out. She broke it down and literally went, uh, nerded out on this and got all excited and had it all perfectly laid out for me with each day, uh, set up with the week and, and like literally, literally has my entire year already planned out. (laughs) She's awesome. (laughs) She's awesome. I was, so I'm shouting out to my sister. Thank you, Emily. Um, but um, again, like you, we're not using it completely to the core. We're going to be using other um, things plugged in for yeah. math and science and reading and that sort of thing. But for the most part, that's what we're using. 
since, you know, Catholic. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. And again, it was, it made it easy for as far as like for the religion part that they, they brought up all the books that, that we like to follow. You could still use that curriculum and take out like the Catholic component and it'd be a wonderful Charlotte Mason curriculum to use. So we'll link that in the show notes in case you're interested. I have friends that have um, even just used some of their resources that are listed in their, in their outline because they're like, oh, these, these are really good books that they list here for like geography and for history. So again, it's worth looking into because it's all kind of done for you and you don't have to do uh, the Catholic component part. So, all right. And then um, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> oh, that's what I was going to say is yeah. that you are, we, I don't want to dive into it yet, but you're also kind of doing some unit studies too. Yes, I am. <laughs> <laughs> so you have a, a little bit of a mix, which I find really neat and interesting. Well, I'm going to, I'm kind of, hopefully, Nina, you'll be able to um, browse into your notes because we didn't compare notes before, but I'm going <laughs> to, I have them right here. <laughs> we're going to go subject by subject, but I kind of have the lead here because I I'm following how we follow our subjects typically during the day. And hopefully you'll be able to catch yours quick enough. So I'm going to start with religion because we do that uh, with breakfast first thing in the morning. And so for that, we do um, a New Testament book, a catechism, and a saint's book. And they get rotated where we only hit one book once a day. And then it ends up being only four days out of the week because the saints we do twice. And then so on the fifth day, on Friday, we typically will listen to... Um, a podcast, religion-based podcast for kids. So I, I don't know if you're doing anything different or you're doing the same thing. Uh, it's pretty similar. I'm going to be around breakfast time doing the saints book, but then I'm also going to be alternating days between the saints book and the Catholic Sprouts bot, uh, podcast. Yeah. Um, so, cause I feel like the, they do better with like listening to something versus yeah. me actually reading to them. I agree. And we, yeah, we listened to the podcast a couple of times and I would stop every so often and see if they were listening and ask them questions and try to tell them a little bit more about what was going on inside the podcast. And they, they seem to like it a lot. And because they're short, I was just like, all right, this is perfect. Okay. Well, this is what we're going to be using um, yeah. for most of it. So that's about the same thing that we'll be doing. Okay. And, yeah. yeah. All right. The next would be story time on our schedule. And for this, we are going to read aloud a book that comes from our language arts program. Uh, last year I did story time and it was kind of like the, um, our son was in kindergarten and we, we picked out good literature books from his level and read it at story time. And my my oldest would read the books. So she got to practice reading aloud. And then it was a story that all of them, all ages would enjoy. This year, my books will come from the book list of our language arts program, which I'll get into when we get to that point. Okay. So for us, we're going to be doing Charlotte's Web, which came from the, the curriculum. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so curious to see how that goes and then maybe after we're done reading it we can watch the movie 
What's yeah. My, my goal. <laughs> yes. We're actually doing Charlotte's Web 2 because it's the first book on this program's reading list. So we read it last year and our kids were like, but we already read it. I was like, oh, but we're going to love it again. It's okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> and they did. At first I was going to, I really was, I wasn't going to stick to the, to that if they were like really not getting into it because they had already read it. Right. But they have like Santo already this morning was like, can we keep reading? I was like, okay. So sure. yeah, we're going to read it through again. And last year, our oldest read the book this year. I'm reading it because I'm letting them draw as I read it. And she's enjoying that. So she'll get a break from the story time read aloud this, this year. And I guess with me reading it, it's a little more entertaining. <laughs> so. Yeah. I guess you can actually like put some character to it. I do. I do different <laughs> voices and they get all, they, they giggle and like, what are you doing? I was like, well, it says the goose talks fast. So I'm trying to talk. <laughs> Great. You'll see. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh man. <laughs> but that was our plan too, was to end it with uh, watching the movie, which is always so much fun when they, when they can tie it all together. Right. And, and I maybe they can. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, maybe they can actually see if they can point out any differences. I mean, yeah. maybe Mia will be able to see that more than, say, the first graders. Yeah. <laughs> no, and then just uh, a side note that last year, there were some books that we read more like Mia's, a, the, you know, the older one, Mia. She read and she started to read it and was having a hard time getting into it, like The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. So we did the reverse and we ended up watching the movie first and then she loved it that she like just sped through that book. So if, if all else fails, if your kids are having a hard time, like getting into it, then try watching the movie and then reading the book and say, okay, then we're going to watch it again at the end. <laughs> all right. That sounds good. Yeah. I have to give that a shot then. Mm -hmm. All right. So now I'm going to move to language arts, which is usually like your grammar, your copy work and writing, narrations. Um, for fourth grade, we are beginning dictation, which you don't have to worry about that, but we're gonna get, you know, dip our toes into that this year. That should be interesting in reading. So for language arts, we actually ended up doing like a, a package this year and we're gonna try Brave Writer. Brave Rider is pretty popular, but for you new homeschoolers, maybe you haven't heard of uh, Julie Bogart's program. You haven't, Nina? No, I haven't. She is wonderful. <laughs> I love it. So our fourth grader, she says she loves to write, but I feel like she struggles with it, like as far as getting her thoughts onto paper, which is why I love how with Charlotte Mason, you embrace oral narrations early on because they work with um, getting their thoughts out of their head. And then dictation will be working from those thoughts in your head and actually putting them on paper. So it's, it's that step process that I love Charlotte Mason does because I can see it with our daughter. Like she does, she truly struggles with that. And so I wanted to do Brave Rider because she's very, I feel like her program is very fun. That, that's the best way to put it. And she has all kinds of different programs, writing programs. So, I mean, anything you can think of, I suggest checking her out and see if anything fits into what you're looking for. And yours are still really young. They, she does have young, like I think yeah. Jot It Down is for the little kids program that she has. So, but even if you just kind of like keep it in the back of your mind for maybe next year or for third grade, 
I'm going to try her out, but so far I've been very impressed with her different workshops and webinars and she has um, a great support online, like a forum that if you're, you know, drowning in something or don't understand it, she has a team there to answer all your questions. That's and awesome. So <laughs> this is going to be working on uh, writing mechanics that follow whatever the book of the month is. So like for August, the book of the month is Charlotte's Web. I don't have the list in front of me, but every month is going to be a different book. And they have written out the whole, like what you do every day for each week of that month to go along with the book. And it is going to work on like grammar, copy work, um, all that kind of stuff and dictation and French dictation, which I've never heard of French dictation. I'll have to explain that to you another time, but <laughs> we're going to okay. try that out. <laughs> and, um, I'm going to finish up language arts. It's, language arts is big. And then I'll let you go jump into what you're doing. Uh, then for my first grader, as far as um, handwriting, I, I still, even though we're going to be doing copy work with this program, I still want them to do like a couple minutes of an actual handwriting book every day. So um, my first grader is going to do handwriting without tears, probably just like a page a day. And then our fourth grader has a cursive book so she can continue to work on cursive. She started that last year. And then once a week, the fourth grader is going to try out typing. I haven't looked into it. We're supposed to be starting in like two days. Typing, I keep hearing <laughs> typing.com. Can you believe it's on my planner and I haven't even looked at the website? <laughs> it sounds familiar. Like I have a, thought, a lot of things and I'm like, oh, I haven't even looked at that yet. <laughs> This is like the, like Nathan calls me the idea fairy. I get all these ideas and then now I have to like follow through with them. So I call our first week of school and maybe our second week of school too will probably be this way. It's going to be like our guinea pig weeks because I don't even think that's the right phrase, guinea pig. <laughs> Somebody will correct it's, me. It sounds, it sounds right. I'm calling it review week for me, like getting getting started, getting acquainted. Yes. And it's like your trial and error. And that's right. what this week has been. Oh my gosh. We're only, we only finished day two. And I feel like I want to pull my hair out because there's been a lot of trial and error. And that's what I mean. Like we can plan for this. This is not set in stone because something is probably not going to work and you'll find out real soon what doesn't. But yeah, so she's going to try out typing. I think it's important. And she actually has an interest in getting better at typing and using the computer. And then for reading, our first grader will continue to read to me, practice reading to me, uh, just through the use of library books on his level. And then our fourth grader, she'll get her independent reading books from our Matter Amoebless reading list that they have. They have a supplemental reading list. And so she just picks and chooses what she wants to read from that list. So she's actually got one of Anne of Green Gables books right now. I know. <laughs> My favorite. <laughs> I told her that. I was like, you know, Titi Nina loved this series growing up. She's like, really? I was like, yes. yes. It's actually still in the garage at mom and dad's house. So if you go there, you can get it. I almost took it home while I was there last. So the entire thing is there. You should. Those are going to be wonderful yeah. for your daughters. Like, I know, but if, if Mia wants them and you're there before I get there, go ahead and take them or ask mom to ship them off to you. But they're there. Awesome. Yes. 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 And then I think like Amazon or Netflix has, um, is it Anne with an E might be? Yes. Is, I think yes. It it's on, it's on Netflix. Okay. It's, 
based off of it and I did start watching it, but I, you know, me and my lack of being able to watch TV. (laughs) (laughs) I know. (laughs) But yeah, yeah, it's on Netflix. She wanted to start watching that tonight. So we'll see. I'm hoping it, I'll watch and see if it's appropriate for her, but I know mom was watching the series and loved it. So (laughs) yes, she did. If not, there's always like the old, like they're probably very outdated. You can find the old movies, but they did have them long time ago i think they were on disney really disney like they did the anna green gables um movies or a tv show i can't remember but i watched it and i absolutely loved it definitely appropriate i mean i watched it when i was like 10 or 11. Ooh, i'll have to look into this if (laughs) anybody's listening and you know what my sister's talking about please email us (laughs) i want to look into that for sure All right. We also do reading eggs to help with the reading comprehension component because we don't just want them to read. We want them to be able to understand what they're reading. And for me, I I don't want to fail that part. So I love reading eggs. It has made it easy. And you'll see Nina as I know you use it too. And you'll talk about that too. But for like Mia's level, they like legit have, she reads a short story and they like will quiz her. And, and she can, she'll struggle at times, but it is wonderful practice to get her to like, go back, slow down. Are you actually understanding what you're reading? Which is also why we do oral narrations because they, it trains the brain to like, to remember what is being read and to understand it. But this was another component that I loved in our reading side of homeschooling. And so I'm going to let you uh, share now what you do for the language arts component of your homeschool? Well, I mean, as far as that goes, the only program that I really have is ABC Mouse Mm -hmm. and Reading Eggs. And we don't have just the Reading Eggs like on the Kindle or anything. We also have the uh, worksheets and the books that they have. So they have the physical book that they can read and also do on their tablet. Nice. And so, and then they have the worksheets, which I've been printing out. And because if you have the um, subscription, there's a tab that has like the extras. You go in there and you can look up the program for kindergarten and first grade. And it'll tell you which um, level that they're, they're starting on for that grade. And then you can print out the worksheets for each week for their grade level so i'll have the kindergarten and the first grade which is awesome i had no idea (laughs) yeah because i go i go on the computer and i log in on the computer so if you have their subscription you just go in there and then because i had thought about buying the whole uh workbook which is like i found it on amazon for like 20 bucks but then i was like i can just print this out and have it and just create, I just bought them a binder and just started printing out what they're going to need for the first couple weeks and they'll be in there and, um, week by week. Nice. And then, um, the unit studies, the two unit studies that I have will be incorporating, um, some, uh, copy work and short memorization of small phrases yeah. in there and writing and, um, even for my six-year-old, there's going to be, I looked ahead on the, like the nature unit study, there's going to be a a short 
paragraph that he reads and then there's mm -hmm. questions so that he's related to what he read oh. so he can you know comprehend what he's reading yes and so that's going to be kind of cool and then um as far as reading goes i'm going to have my son pick out books each week and i'm going to have him have a little reading log kind of what he did in kindergarten at school they had every week he would pick out whatever books he wanted to read and then for that entire week he would read those books and be marked in, in his little reading log and once he was able to read the whole thing then he could put those back and pick out more books yeah and then once my five-year-old starts to read i'll probably have her do the same thing and just pick out you know books here and there and i'm hoping that the libraries be open soon oh boy. <laughs> if not we're gonna be like all right how many books do we have in the house <laughs> so they're not open yet over there I honestly don't know. I haven't looked, so you should look that's, because that's going to be like my next thing. <laughs> yeah, and I was going to bring that up was that depending on where you live and and what your comfort level is, you know, maybe you're comfortable and you're okay with going to the library with your kids or if you go with your older kids and they wear masks, you can still get to do that throughout the year. But if you're not comfortable or you don't have that option, there's also where you can just uh, place your, I call it an order, place your order of requests for library books online through your library. And then they tell you, they send you an email when the books are ready for pickup. And I have started to do that uh, because it, it, I mean, I can't, t I, I really am not comfortable yet bringing our toddler into the library. They have to wear masks here but he will touch everything and anything and then touch his face. And I'm like, yeah, we're not going there. So. Or roll around on the floor like my three-year-old. And I'm like, what's the point? Yeah. So yeah, we're, we're not to that point yet. So in the meantime, I'm just ordering them online and then picking them up. And that has worked well. And then you can still get your kids involved by having them help pick out the books that they want to read and adding them to the cart on your requests from the library so that's cool i hope yeah i'll have to look into that and see if we have that here because i haven't even checked yet mm -hmm. that's on my to-do list <laughs> it's okay you're not starting yet <laughs> not yet <laughs> so is that it for your language arts uh yep okay and then oh and you were talking about uh reading logs which made me think one thing i wanted to try this year because i also feel like it's kind of an incentive for the kids to see and mark what they have read throughout the year is that there's these uh, kind of like a blank template you can get on Pinterest really and print it off. And it's like an image of a bookcase that shows the spine of books on the bookcase, but they're blank spines. And so when you finish a book, you can write the title of that book on there. And I thought that oh, was really so cute. cute. Yeah. I so, love it. You can do that, and um, I, I looked before I did this episode, and they are, I found already a couple on Pinterest that are free to print, so I think we're going to try that this year and hopefully get them more excited to see the progress of all the books they're reading throughout the year on their own. We'll do the ones where they just do it on their own, so, or the ones like for our beginner readers, the ones that they read to us and they actually finish. We'll go on that. All right. Math. Ooh, do we love math? <laughs> Always a fun one. 
We are going to do master books, math for living education. I chose this because I, so we did, I'm going to backtrack a little. We did math mammoth last year. And for anybody interested, I do suggest math, math mammoth. It's a good curriculum. It, and it was still an easy one for me to incorporate into our school where it didn't ask too much of the parent, but it still explained pretty well to the child on how to do things. Like I didn't have to explain too much. And especially for my oldest, that is, that's needed because uh, she loves math, but she struggles with math. And so I, after we did that program, I still felt like it was a little dry and maybe I'm just daydreaming of math not being dry. I don't know if it exists where it's not, but I came across uh, Math for Living Education and I just loved the reviews that I read on it. I loved uh, the illustrations of the book. They're like beautiful illustrations. I feel like it's very colorful very enticing for the child when they look at it. Both my kids got super excited when they saw them. And I even watched a review on YouTube from Rebecca Spooner, who does Homeschool On, and she did a whole review just on on this math curriculum in particular, because people questioned if it was too much of a gentle approach. And she did a great review. I highly recommend you check it out if you're on the fence or considering uh, math for a living education, because she, she convinced me that it, it wasn't, it, the kids still learned what they needed to learn, regardless of it being a more gentle approach. It didn't make it a, a lesser math basically. And so that, that sold me and it's affordable. They have short lessons, which really fall into like that Charlotte Mason thinking of like the kids only have this much of an attention span. And already the first couple of days with math, my, my daughter has been so excited to do math and it's been awesome. And, and she feels comfortable. It's very organized. We're at the beginning of the book. They give you a checklist on what to do every single day. And for your older kids, they may like that if they're like my daughter and she loves the checklist like me and she will go like, <laughs> okay, we're on day one, check day two, check. And then she looks at it and then she finds what page she's supposed to be on. So we chose that for math. And then we're going to supplement it because again, just in case, if it's too gentle, I should trust the system, but I don't always, but we're going to supplement it and try out this new online program. And it's called A plus tutor soft. And it's almost like Khan academies and teaching textbooks. We've tried both of those and um, this one I saw and wanted to try out and I, I can't give you any of my thoughts yet because we are literally just starting it this week, but I do plan to give a short review on it after we've done it for a couple of weeks and we'll, um, we'll use that as like a supplement to help us along the way. And then I guess the true test will be uh, at the end of the year, we always, uh, we always, this is our second year, but <laughs> we have done a a, a cat, cat test for our standardized test at the end of the year. And we don't submit that to the state or anything. It's just for Nathan and I's uh, personal reference on how the kids are doing and, and seeing if I need to work with them in certain, certain areas. 
So she did awesome in math last year on the CAT test. We'll see if she, how she does at the end of this year. And if, if it drops, then maybe, maybe I need to go back to math mammoth, but yeah, that's what we're doing for math. Well, for us, we, um, we're sticking with Khan Academy because we did that when we had to homeschool on the fly at the end of the year, um, this past year. It feels like last year. year. Gosh, I know. <laughs> like what, what day is it? What month is it? I can't even believe it's already August. I know. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. But, um, we found that my son flew through Khan Academy, like yeah. just flew through it. Like he was just doing lesson after lesson. He didn't want to get off it. Awesome. Holy cow. So he had already gotten to like the first grade um, at the, at the end of kindergarten before it was even kindergarten was technically over. So we're going to keep up with that. um, But we're also going to do the master books that you're doing as well, because I want to have both the online and then that physical hands-on thing, because I also don't know how well my five-year-old is going to do with Khan Academy. I know my son will excel, but I'm not sure about her. Um, she seems to already shows a little bit more struggling with the, the math part. Mm-hmm. Um, so I figure that maybe having the both, we'll see which one she does better with. Yeah. And um, so those are the two that I'm going to end up working with her right now and just see what happens. And then I also have gotten like, you know, little manipulatives to help them count and visualize um like the what's it called the with the beads that you slide across the abacus yes i I ordered one of those oh yeah we love those (laughs) and then i also have little just tiny little stackable things that they can put together and put tens together and Mm -hmm. ones and stuff like that so i'm hoping that that will also help as well Absolutely. Our, um, I am a firm believer now after have gone through our first year that manipulatives are so important. I know it, we, we've been told this, but then you actually see it when you become the teacher that they definitely need that both. And even my oldest, she still will have to go back to like the tangible items sometimes if, if she has to like refresh her basic skills, like and I'm like, okay, if you need to, you've got the counters if you need to, you know, resort back to that. But definitely, our, and our abacus has been our favorite out of all the math manipulatives. Abacus has been, I think, our son's favorite so far. Yeah, I, I hope, I can't wait to see how my son does with that because he'd be like, it's more than 10. <laughs> and you, you can see him like looking at his feet like, <laughs> that's what happened with Santa. <laughs> You got to use the abacus because you, you only have 10 fingers. <laughs> I know. I'm like breaking out the goldfish and he's like eating them as he's counting them. I'm like, that's not, that's not helping. That's not going to work. No. We're not doing subtraction right now. We're doing. <laughs> We're adding. <laughs> yeah. And for All those right. who aren't aware, Khan Academy is free, which makes it an, a wonderful supplement because you don't have to pay for it. Exactly. So now we're going to move on to history. And for our curriculum, we are going to be doing U.S. history and ancient history. And again, that's probably because of uh, me having a fourth grader. I don't know about the younger ages. And for U.S. history, we're going to be using this country of ours, which is a living book. And we used it last year because I think it takes about three school years 
at the pace that they put it to complete. And so we did use it last year and there are parts that are a little dry and then there's parts that the kids really get into. Um, but because I don't want to go spend money on another history curriculum, we're going to continue on until we finish it. So that's my take on uh, U.S. history. I do, however, though, if the reading for that day was dry, I will always go and find YouTube videos or um, art projects that tie into what part of history we were learning. And then that way they actually get into it and then understand it better. Because I am not one to just read it and be done. No, if I feel like they definitely were like, not like, eh, mm, this wasn't exciting. I find ways to make it exciting. And YouTube is just so easy these days. Even if I didn't know um, I was going to use a YouTube video that day, it's that quick that I can just search something of that topic for kids and then play the video for them. So we're going to do that. And then we always, for, um, for history, both histories and geography, we always bust out the map or the globe so that they can see where we're at um, in, in discussing history. And then ancient history, uh, this year we'll be studying ancient Greece. Last year was ancient Egypt, which my son absolutely loved. And this year it's going to be Gr ancient Greece. And we will be using a living book as well, and it's called Famous Men of Greece. We started that today, and the first chapter was on uh, Greek gods. And my son already was like, just like in awe over the book. So, so far, so good. And that's what we're doing for history. All right. So this is where I start to talk about my unit study that I'm excited about. Okay. All right. <laughs> um, we're also going to be doing this country of ours, or yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, uh, history is not my subject at all. I do not get excited about history, although my husband does. So when he's home, he will probably get excited about teaching this subject. But, um, I actually came across an idea on Instagram of a homeschool mom that she had her son building the fort from St. Augustine. Like it was this really cool looking fort and that they had done a history lesson on St. Augustine and the fort that was there in Florida. And I was like, what? Because <laughs> I, you know, I have history in St. Augustine because that's where uh, I went on my first date with my husband where we got married. And then obviously we're from Florida. Mm -hmm, yep. And so my mind started rolling and that's where I was like I'm going to start doing a unit study of like the United States but taking one state at a time and start to um, incorporate the geography by showing the kids mm -hmm. where uh, the state is and locations on the map and since my kids were born in Florida I can put in okay this is where in Florida you were born and then we can start learning about the family history mm -hmm. And um, it just kind of got a little excited because I, I can learn, slowly learn some history from the child's level and then incorporate the geography and then incorporate family history. And then from there, we're gonna be moving around the, the South um, to kind of get more of the family where his family is from, where we're living now in Mississippi, and then eventually we'll make our way to Puerto Rico and yeah, that's awesome. get our parents. So that's kind of my 
um, my, I come up with this unit study that I found and I actually went on teachers pays, teachers pay teachers dot com, which is what you told me about. And I typed in Florida unit study and then I just looked for my grade level. So I found one that was from pre-K to fourth grade and it was like $4 to download and it's very, very easy. Like that's awesome. the, uh, something that we can do. Mm-hmm. And then that's where I can incorporate also field trips for the ideas. Yep. So when we go to Florida, we can go and visit certain places while we're there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I found kind of like a outline of how to do like the unit study. It's, it's a little bit more advanced. So I would, ha- I would just probably just follow what I found on teachers, pay teachers. Yeah. But this one, it's happyhomeschool.familyclassroom.net. And on there, they had a guide for any state unit study. That's great, which I definitely want to do for Ohio history, because we actually have to do um, Ohio history. And we did it last year, and I just kind of like put things together last minute, but I I totally want to look at that guide for ours. Yeah, so that that's going to be one unit study that I'm actually excited about. <laughs> yeah, I think that's awesome. And see, it, it doesn't that like get you excited? Like, this is why I homeschooled. This is why we're doing this because we get to be creative right. with how they learn. <laughs> exactly, and I this is also like I, what really caught my attention about that whole building the fort of um, in St. Augustine was the fact that my son loves to put things together and create things. And yeah. he, he has mentioned wanting to be a construction worker or builder. Um, like an architect and, or Yeah, an architect or something like that. <laughs> and so I thought, you know, if I can find this fort for him to build and incorporate that into the curriculum, that was my main focus. At first, how can I tie this in? (laughs) Yeah, he's gonna love making this fort. How can I tie this into this um, curriculum? Yeah, and so yeah, that's my way of getting the arts and hands on and all of that combined. Which you know, of course, is this idea. So let's hope that it actually (laughs) pans out and works. If not, they'll have fun making a fort. Yeah, exactly. All right, guys, this conversation went longer than what we expected. I think we were having too much fun. So I decided to go ahead and divide it into two parts. Be sure to stay tuned next week when we release the second half that will have the remainder of our curriculum choices and all the awesome resources we are using in hopes that something will be useful or helpful for you guys in your curriculum. I hope you have an awesome week. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Homeschool Project Podcast. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and leave a review. If you have any questions or comments, send us an email. And as always, remember, explore the world and all it has to offer and you will never be bored again.